Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast. It was all about BJ Watling and Mitch Santner today at the Bay Oval. The diminutive stumper became the first Kiwi to make a double hundred as a designated keeper and he and Santner, who made his maiden test century, helped New Zealand make their first ever 600 plus total against England. It was a long old day for England, but to their credit, they kept the runs down and they entered day five with an outside chance of saving the test after reaching the close on 55 for three, 207 behind New Zealand after Santner dismissed both openers and Jack Leach late in the day. England will look back at all three dismissals and believe that they were all preventable. It's set to be a thriller in Mount Maunganui on the final day. I'm Yaz Rana and on the phone with me from the ground is the editor of the Wizard Almanac, Lawrence Booth. Lawrence, how impressed were you with the Santner Watling partnership today? Uh, it was very impressive, wasn't it? Um, you know, they did what England should have done in the first innings, which was bat sensibly, uh, soak up pressure and, uh, and then play their shots once the bowler got tired. I mean, the morning session was, was fairly drab. They, they added 58 runs, I think, in, in 30 overs and uh, everyone was wondering where, where exactly the game was going. But their foot down between lunch and tea, where England, English spirits sagged and we saw the uh, sort of the benefits of that in the evening session when they they, they chipped away into England's top order. So New Zealand's day with, with knobs on, really. New Zealand delayed the declaration until after the tea interval when they were about 230 or so runs ahead of England. Could you see the logic behind delaying the decision? Yeah, I think they, I think they only wanted to bat once. Um, they know that they, they, they wanted to make England uh, bat for the, for, for the rest of the game to save it. They didn't want to give them a situation where England could get ahead after you know three, three and a half sessions of batting and, and, and then you know, every run sort of counts double after that. So I think it was the right decision. Scoreboard pressure, it was demoralising. Put overs in England's legs. The second test starts on trial in Hamilton, so not a big gap there. Uh, just, just crush them really when they're down. Show the, the kind of um, resilience that England failed to show with the bat and has uh, put New Zealand in a very strong position. England lost those three late wickets in the day to Mitchell Santner. Um, how do you think the pitch is playing, and do you think England can escape with a draw? 
Well, it's still pretty flat. I mean, Santa got a couple to turn. He, he got well, actually. He used, to, he used different angles and, and uh, different speeds. Flighted it, hit it, and uh, turned one into Sibley, was dropped by, by Watling uh, as the, the ball beat him on the inside edge. Um, so, you know, England can survive, they, but they have to they have to bat sensibly. I mean, Sibley uh, played at one he needn't have and edged it to... Uh, to the keeper Burns played a staggering shot really a big slog sweep with about three overs to go and then Leach right at the end whether or not he actually touched that one I'm not sure but uh, it, it was a, it was careless play by England and, and they're going to have to be much more diligent tomorrow if they're going to uh, escape uh, to the second test without going 1-0 down Yeah I was going to ask that Burns shot in particular having watched Watling and Santner bat in the way that they did for, for two days basically how how frustrating will that be, not only for Burns, but for everyone in the England dressing room? Yeah, extremely. I mean, it was a sort of a, a sort of a tired mind, I suppose. He'd been out in the field for about two days. So, uh, it, it, was a, it was a shot of scoreboard pressure. Um, he, he'd seen that Santa was, was starting to get some purchase from outside the rough, but it was just a, you know, a, a, a poor choice with three of us to go. We just needed to see the day out. Uh, England could have could easily have begun to you know the final day nine wicket uh, with nine wickets in hand and he would have had a big role to play. So it, you know, it, was, it was a poor shot. England are trying to make more sensible decisions from their top order, uh, and that did not tick uh, that particular box. Thanks a lot, Lawrence. Talk to you tomorrow. Cheers, mate. I'm in the studio with Ben Gardner. Ben, that first session was tough viewing. New Zealand scored just 19 runs in the first hour and 58 in total across the whole first session. Given their position in the game at the time, could they have looked to attack England a bit earlier than they did? Uh, they could have. It's, I mean, it's one of those things that you, you can see the justification for either way. And I, on balance, would err uh, towards the way that they did it, I think. I mean, the, the only way England were going to get back in this game was if they took four wickets in that first session. And New Zealand took the option of making sure, basically, that they didn't lose the game. And I think that can have quite a psychological impact sometimes to have a team who know there's no chance of winning the game like for quite a long time in the field like if uh, even if they'd scored more runs but England taken like two weeks in that session they might have still sort of had their tails up a bit going into lunch whereas this way it was just like a long long grind and also this is a, a two match series but still a series and the longer you to keep a team in the field the more chance they have of winning that second test as well so I, th- I think I think they actually Got it right, but I agree with you that from <laughs> it's lucky we're quite adjusted to the time schedule now. Because if this was the first the, the first day we were doing, we would uh, we would not <laughs> be talking right now. Well, I'm, I'm reasonably well adjusted, and I found that really really difficult. That first hour was so boring. Yeah, I can see you've got cans of Red Bull scattered around <laughs> the office. <It's>, uh... <laughs> uh, how do you think England did on the on the surface? They took nearly two sessions to get a wicket today, but actually, they they were they were decent. Yeah, well, well, you you you've written the piece on this, uh, but I think yeah, I think they 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 did they did do well. Um, I think what 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 you often see overseas for England is it just it just goes to pot basically. Like a a couple of bowlers basically have shockers, uh, those get targeted. The other bowlers have to get bowled into the ground uh, and pick up injuries. Then bowl worse later in the series. It was like it's they they managed to avoid avoid some of that. Yeah, it was. And I think that um, I was I was looking into how England have done overseas and seeing if there are any patterns in their defeats overseas. And when they've been in the field for a long time, more often than not, they've they've not really been able to control the, the, the flow of runs. So uh, of the six times they've been in the field for 155 overs away from home in the last four years, 
they've lost four of those tests and drawn two. Those two draws came when they managed to restrict the opposition to about three and over, and the four losses came when the team, the, the opposition went to three and a half to four and over. And I think that's important kind of because it shortens the amount of time you have to save the game if you're batting last in a position that England are in now. Yeah, in- England saved themselves about a session today, didn't they? Yeah, and I, absolutely. And, and also, I think looking forward, it, it was quite an important low-key, I think it was quite an important day for England as well, because if you look back in that time period to the start of the West Indies tour in 2015, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and James Anderson have actually exceptional records away from home, all averaging around 30 or under 30 and all going at a maximum of three runs per over. But the problem is been the other bowlers haven't been anywhere near that level. Moeen, for all his success in England, goes at three and a half runs and over. And in all those four defeats, there's there's a list of players basically who went at four and over or more in each of those games. So actually having someone in Archer who in his first ever test match away from home, in his second first class game away from home, who can only go at 2.5 runs and over, even when we're saying he didn't bowl that well. Jack Leach, who bowled 47 overs himself at 3.26 runs and over when New Zealand were trying to take the attack to him. That, that's a step in the right direction because if you have an attack with five bowlers you can all contain runs England England in theory will be uh, responding to, to smaller scores and have will have less time to to battle to save themselves towards the end of the game yeah um, I thought it was going to be really important but then at the end of the game at the end of the day the uh, the momentum swung quite dramatically in New Zealand's favor well I guess that's the thing if, if they've embraced that mentality a bit more with the ball they still have some way to go with the bat I think I think so looking at those defeats away from home there are a couple that stand out when England have made sort of in the region of 400 450 mm. in the first innings and probably you got a really good stat today where England ah oh, can't remember exactly but something like yeah winning the make between 404 and 500 away from home they actually lose more often than they win since the start of 2015 and it's, it's basically because they think they've done quite a good job to get to where they are uh if you think back to the the Perth test and the 2017-18 Ashes and uh, the last two tests against India, the last time they're out there, they uh, they they sort of had reasons to be cheerful, but they also didn't put up a match-defining total, or at least a total, which means you can't really lose the match from that point. And they did it again in the first innings here. They got to 274 for four at the end of day one. Everyone was saying, "Look at the new new England playing, isn't that good?" And they were like, "Oh, we've 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 done it, we've cracked it." And then came out and had a slog on day on day two and lost three wickets. And New Zealand have basically not lost control from there. And I think. It was it was just it was just weird the uh, the evening session because if you'd expect it from anyone it wouldn't be from well from Rory Burns in particular and as while the shot itself was bad he played a big sweep earlier I think Ian Smith thought he was out but he hit it into the ground it was then a caught a, a mid wicket um, and he also he looked to pull Neil Wagner a lot which is again it's a game plan with pros and cons I think in general Burns is not a natural attacker of the short ball and. He's not got a, got, got a great record against it, but I think if he can find a way to sway out of the way of it, uh, he can um, then just capitalise on the, on, the, on the full balls and the loose balls in other areas. I guess but the problem is with Wagner, exactly, he only bowls short balls. W- Wagner, Wagner's the one bowler who that won't really work against because he will never get bored of bowling bouncers. And eventually, I mean, he's, he's just so accurate and so good at it that eventually there's going to be one that you just can't get out of the way of. Uh, I think so, he's my favourite bowler in test cricket at the moment it's just to make no one does it and I said I asked, I asked you earlier why didn't why don't more bowlers bowl it but the answer is obvious is because it's actually so hard to bowl six accurate bouncers and over that 
it's not easy to sway out of out of the way from and it's not at any great pace it's just the accuracy of them that makes him so effective yeah he's he's, he's the Glenn McGraw of bouncers I, yeah. I actually talked about this with uh, with Alice Cook on the podcast a while ago uh, but yeah, he said Cook, Cook made the point of the, the field that New Zealand set as well is really important that they'll often have like kind of two behind screen the leg side as you're allowed, but also like a, a forward short leg and then a mid wicket. I mean, today there was a point when they basically had no one in front of square or, or like basically in like in, in like the V and quite far around on the V on both sides of the wicket just because they like Wagner was going to bowl short balls to Burns. Uh, but yeah, but, but yeah, the, the shot itself was an absolutely horrendous issue. But I, I think that that was that was just an aberration for Burns. We know he's got a good temperament. He's had actually a decent Test match overall. He's got what nearly 100 runs faced, probably nearly 200 balls. Uh, Sibley's dismissal is almost more worrying in that. I think it's definitely more worrying. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it, yeah. It looked really inevitable uh, in Santner's first over. Santner bowled really well, by the way. Uh, Santner bowled a number of balls that were pitching well outside off stump from around the wicket that were turning considerably but turning away from him there was and and Sibley was unnecessarily prodding the at the ball if he hits it he's achieving nothing yeah even if they hadn't turned and they're obviously not going to go the other way yeah, exactly so. exactly and uh eventually he nicked one and he looks such a good judgment of line uh against pace bowling it's it's, it's a bit of an odd one um but yeah so, so, so that is concerning but I mean also this is his first test match so and it's and again it's a a judgment of line thing rather than a technique thing as such he just needs to figure out which balls to play or not and he probably hasn't faced that much accurate spin especially not on a pitch turn at this much like he, even though you can look at it forensically from the outside and say he shouldn't be playing at that the fact that the pitch is turning does still muddle with your mind a little bit even though it sort of shouldn't when you like he'll go back and be disappointed but that should be taken into account then a third preventable wicket at the end of the day jack leach the night watchman normally so reliable in that role given out for being caught short leg but it doesn't look like he hit it and he didn't review it either yeah uh, quite selflessly didn't review it really sort of quite wanted to and has pr- probably earned that over the course of his uh his batting heroics this summer uh but didn't and it, pr- it looked like it would have been overturned I mean that I mean obviously there's no way of knowing what's happened but Jack Leach you could easily have seen him getting through kind of the first hour this morning dealing in the psychological blow as well as taking time out of the game uh I mean you you found the stat that he's a uh, got the second best dismissal rate for England this year. So that is quietly also quite a telling blow and a team going to the last day with seven wickets. I mean, it is a flat, flattish pitch, but it is also turning a lot. Santa's already got three for, what how, What do you reckon? 30% chance of saving it? Yeah, I, I was very confident from an England's perspective before Sibley got out. Back England on this pitch, having seen how Watling did it for two days to basically just replicate him, even if they do have a very good attack, but um, losing those three wickets. And also, to be honest, Stokes apart, genuinely the three batsmen I'd back to bat time best in this team. Maybe when everyone is in that mindset, that yeah, changes things I, a little I, bit. I, I think I'd, I'd back Denley to back time yeah. uh, more, more than Sibley at this point, I think. Yeah, And, and also, fair. Root remains a very good batsman. He's had, he's had a few low scores, but again, he's like... Not 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 due a big one, but he's just that good that it could well happen in the next innings. Uh, so yeah, I think I think th- th- I guess it's those next three that are, that are crucial, isn't it? Denley, Denley, Stokes, and Root. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it'll be actually fascinating. I, I think we are going to be in for a, a close one. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think New Zealand are going to rip through England tomorrow. I think it'll probably go into the final session. England, New Zealand take it with twelve overs to spare. What do you reckon? Yeah, as well as the three wickets in the world, and and, and as well as he bowled. There was one ball 
from Santana that was maybe just short of a length that spat up and hit Leach with yes, the helmet. Yeah. That's con- that's concerning from an England point of view uh, as much as anything else. I was kind of wondering where where was this where was this pitch when, <laughs> when England were bowling? Um, so weird how pitchers do that. Yeah, like no no one understands pitchers and people pretend they do. There was not yeah. a single ball like that in the entirety of the New Zealand innings of when Leach was bowling yeah. into the same exactly the same areas to which Santa's bowling in. Yeah, just, just bizarre, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Ben. We'll be back tomorrow for the final date. Could be a thriller. This has been the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please tell your friends. And if you're feeling especially kind, please leave us a five-star review. See ya. Podcast Network.